You are listening to Press Church Podcasts. Please enjoy this week's message. Amen. With it being Valentine's Day, the title of my sermon is Let Love Win. Let love win. We're going to look at some scriptures in regards to love today. We're going to base it off of this one scripture in 1 Corinthians 13. Just the first part of it. And 1 Corinthians 13 is known as the love chapter. It's only a handful of scriptures, but its main focus is on love. And there's 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 8. There's just the first part of it. It says simply, love never fails. Love never fails. We know in the scripture that it says that God is love. So when we see the word love, we can put in the name of God in those situations. So if love never fails, and we know that God is love, then the next thing that we can take a step in and looking at the Scriptures is that God never fails. And if God never fails and love never fails, then the opposite must also be true, which means that love wins. If it doesn't lose, if it doesn't fail, if it doesn't falter, then that means love wins. And if God is inside of us, greater is He that is in us than anything that comes against us in the world. And if we keep piecing Scripture together, God is love, love never fails, therefore God is love, greater is He that's in me than anything that comes against me in the world and God is inside of me, then that must mean I will never fail. And that if His love, His perfect love is inside of me, then love always wins. I always win. No matter what's going on in your situation, no matter what's happening in your life right now, you need to understand and start speaking it and declaring it, I will never fail. I will win. If God is on my side, who can be against me? If love is on my side, then who can be against me? Love wins. Today I want to encourage you to let love win in your life. The first thing I want to speak to you in regards to letting love win is let love win by letting it cover your sins. Kind of rhymes, a little poem for Valentine's Day for you. Let love win by covering your sins. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 18. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 18 says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. Hatred stirs up strife. I mean, that makes sense. Usually if you hate someone, if you have hatred in your heart, you're not the most loving person. When you see that person that you quote unquote hate, or you, that person that hates you sees you, it's usually not a loving conversation. Hey, how are you doing? Hope you're blessed. There's usually some grumblings, either outwardly or inwardly. But Proverbs here says, but love covers all sins. Knowing that God is love, we can replace that. But God covers all sins. 
Let love win. And let love cover your sins. That word cover is kasa, K-A-S-A in the Hebrew language. It means to cover or cover over. It means to hide or conceal. To cover or cover over, to hide or conceal. Look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. In this is love. John is making the statement that this is what love looks like. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. The atonement, the one time, one complete atonement for our sins. This is love. That he sent his one and only son to die on the cross one and only time to take care of all of our sins for eternity. Past, present, and future. Because if Jesus' blood was not good enough to cover all your sins, then that means he would have to send his son again to die on the cross. That we think that we can do something, that we can use our love, we can use our works to cover our sins. Adam and Eve tried to do that. Sowing fig leaves on your naked self. But it didn't work. It didn't fix anything. In Genesis, they are naked, they are ashamed, they cover themselves, they go hide in the trees, and God shows up and says, Adam, Eve, where are you? What are you doing? And you would think by them covering their nakedness, hiding the apple and covering the fruit that they ate, throwing some dirt over the serpent and trying to push him away, that that would have covered their sin. But it didn't. Because Jesus... God shows up on the scene and says, what's going on, Adam? And he says, we were naked and ashamed and we hid from you. Because the physicality of this natural life does not cover your sins. Whatever we do in the natural does not cover our sins. I can't come to church enough and cover my sins. can't do enough good deeds to cover my sin. There can only be one person doing one thing at one time in history that can cover all of our sins. And this is love on this Valentine's Day. Not that we loved Him, although we do, but it's that He loved us, that He loved me, that He loved you knowing what I was going to do, knowing that I was going to sin, knowing that Jeremiah Paul Land would be born August 28, 1986, and live however long he was going to live. And he decided back then that he was going to cover my sins. He decided back then he was going to sin his one and only son, to cover all of my sins. Wasn't even born yet. Wasn't even thought about. My great, 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 great granddaddy wasn't even alive 
or even in Israel that I know of. And love covers all sins. And this is love that he sends his one and only son to be the one-time atonement for each and every one of us. But sometimes when we hear that phrase, the love covers all sin, that love conceals all sin, it covers over, we might think that it's similar to God having a concealed weapon on him. He's got it on there and it's concealed and he has it under his robe. I don't know what he's wearing up there. In my mind, he's wearing a robe. Maybe a nice pair of Levi's sitting on his throne. Nice flannel shirt because it's so cold. He's probably just wearing a big white robe up there with some sandals. I don't know. He's got to hike his robe up and pull out my sin. And he points it at me and he holds me hostage. How dare you ask for healing, Jeremiah? How dare you ask for forgiveness? And we get this idea that covering is, is just kind of throwing a blanket over it. And we just, I had a, a dog and we had a nice rug in our living room. And within the first month of him being there, I remember I walked out. It was a Sunday morning. And I was getting the kids ready. And we had this new puppy, and I walked out to the rug, and there was this pile of dog fun on my rug. And I thought, okay, he's a puppy, I'll, I'll be okay, like we'll, we'll figure this out. So I push the kids out the way, and I start cleaning up this one pile. And as I'm on my hands and knees, getting ready for church, uh, praying, Lord, don't let me lose my Christianity, and this dog uh, in my mind... I look up over the, the mountain of dog fun and I see another pile in the middle of the rug. And then I see another pile and there's three. And I thought, well, I thought I could just cover up the one pile, but there's piles everywhere. Well, what do I do? I think that's in our mind of what it, we think sometimes when we see that the Lord covers, the love covers all of our sins. That our sins are just these big piles on the rug of life and, and God's just trying to clean it here and, and dust it under here and move it here. But there's another definition for that word covers, which I love a lot more than the ones that I read. That last definition is overwhelms. That the Lord overwhelms, love overwhelms all sin. That God's not there with a concealed weapon of your sin and He's pulling it out to point it at you and hold you hostage. But that His Son's blood covered and overwhelmed your sin. I don't know if you're thankful for that, but I know the sins that I've done. I know the things that I've done, the things that I've thought, the things that I've said, the things that I've regretted, the things that I'm sorry and ashamed for that I hope would never show up on a screen And God sent His Son to cover and to overwhelm on Valentine's Day your sin. That His blood was enough. His blood was good enough. That Jesus made sure that He got all the blood that He could out. 
on the way to the cross, on the cross. And by the time they pierce his side, that blood and that water had separated. Jesus says, I've done it all. It is finished. Let love cover your sins and let love win in your life today. Another way to let love win is let love win in your life and let love connect you to the winning team. Romans 8, 35, we'll read all the way through 39, but we'll just read 35 and 36. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. Verse 36, as it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Woo, praise God for that scripture. Woo, amen. Are you, are you excited about that? The word, let it, let it wash over you today. Who can separate us from the love of God? And there's this litany of things that none of us want to happen. And it says, for your sake, we're killed all day long. All right, amen. Let's go out and serve Jesus. But that's not all that this set of Scripture shows us. Verse 37, yet in all these things, all these things that have happened in your life, that have happened in these scriptures, that has happened in this community. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who what? Who loved us. Verse 38. This is Paul writing. Paul, who goes on this journey to serve God, who is laughed at, who is ridiculed, all of these things that he's talking about are things that he's encountered, that he's gone through. He walks into the synagogue and he's rejected by his people. Well, he says, well, I'll go to the Gentiles. He goes to the Gentiles and they reject him. And everywhere he goes, there are riots. Everywhere he goes, he is beaten. He is whipped. He is taken outside of the city and stoned. Stoning is not just picking up a couple of pebbles, tossing at them. It's men and women picking up the heaviest stone that you can and throwing it. He is shipwrecked. He is put in jail. And he could have avoided all of those things by just saying, well, maybe Jesus isn't for the Gentiles. I'll go back to being a Pharisee. I'll just wash my hands of it and I'll go home. But verse 38 says, For I am persuaded. I'm persuaded. Even though all of these things have happened to me, all of these negative things have happened, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing. Created thing also means you. 
shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That even you yourself, being a created being, can't separate you from that love. God is good. God does good things and wants to do good things to you because He loves you. Because He cares for you. And He is persuaded that we in our lives today on Valentine's Day need to be persuaded in knowing the love that Christ has for us. That nothing, no matter what comes against us, no matter what 2021 brings, no matter what 2020 thought it was going to bring, we still stand here on Sunday in 2021, alive and well with God on our side, being more than conquerors. That's the team that I want to be a part of. In this congregation today, we have many people who have been on teams before. I worked in a prison for a few years when I was in college and being a part of that police brotherhood when there's 2,000 inmates and on a good day there's 15 to 20 guards overseeing those 2,000 inmates. If you do that math, it's a lot to a little. (laughs) And I'm even more little. We have men and women who were firefighters, men and women, police, men and women who were in the military, men and women who have played on teams, played on bands. We have a coach here. And there's something that happens when you're on a team that when the going gets tough, the tough gets going, that in those moments, like Paul is writing here, Death, things coming against us, is where we learn that there's no separation from God's love. Dalton knows that here shortly, if not already, the practices that his team is doing right now, the dog days of summer when it's hot and they do two-a-days, do they allow two-a-days anymore? Oh, they still allow them, good. Two-a-days... They're sweating, they're hot, they're angry, and they're fighting, they're working. In those moments is where the team is being built so that when it comes to October and November, they're playing for the championship. Amen? Amen. (laughs) We know the same is true. Whatever you're going through, Today, you're on the winning team. God is good, and I've enjoyed being with Him all my life, but there are moments in my life where the tough was really tough. There were moments in my life where I would go in the shower and cry so no one could see my tears, and I would ask God, what are you doing? What's going on? And in that moment... In the toughness of life, I understood that I was on the winning team because he would speak to me in those moments. He was never separated from me in those moments. In my moment of weakness, it says that he is my strength. Where I am weak, he is made strong. Today, we need to let love win by realizing and knowing 
that we are connected to the winning team. That you are connected to the more than conqueror team of heaven. We have to understand that the devil's already been defeated. When the devil got kicked out of heaven, he only took a third of the angels. Only took a third. So that means two-thirds are still in heaven. Actually talking with Damien the other day, he came over to the house and we were talking about some scripture and stuff. And I said, as being in the military, if you understood the simple math of my enemy has their leader and one-third of the angels, and God, who's already got the victory, has two-thirds of the angels on his side, we already win by the sheer numbers. We've already got more than them. And we're already more than conquerors. 1 Corinthians says that we already have the victory. We are on the winning side. And if love never fails, and God never fails, and God is inside of me, therefore, I'm a champion as well. And I'm going to hold my head up high as all of heaven, like it says in Hebrews, such a great cloud of witnesses go with me everywhere that I go. That there are men and women in heaven. There are men and women here on earth, Christians, that are dying all over the world. And I get to stand here with windows wide open, with vehicles prominently displayed that we are having church openly. Anybody can come in and experience and hear the voice and the love of God. And that we are not ashamed of the gospel. We declare it everywhere we go because we know that we are on the winning side. Let love win by connecting you with the winning side. And the last part I have, and I'm finishing with this, is let love win by letting love compel you forward. By letting love compel you forward. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15. For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. Verse 15, and he died for all, that, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Let love compel you forward, that I understand the love of God. That I understand the love of Jesus of what he did for me. That I understand the love of the Holy Spirit who is now inside of me. And understanding what he did for me. And how he saved me. And how he restored me. And how he poured his love out for me. How he's making a place for me whenever I die to spend eternity with him. That I don't have to worry about death, hell, and the grave anymore. All I have to be worried about is seeing His face and seeing my friends and family up in heaven. Let love compel you forward. That is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now lead is because of what Jesus did. That I understand what love did for me, and that I can't stay where I am. I can't keep dealing with the same sin cycle that I'm going through. I can't keep dealing with the same thing over and over and over. 
I'm going to let love compel me forward. I'm not going to deal with my insecurities. I'm not going to deal with depression. I'm not going to deal with any of those things anymore. I'm not going to stay where I am because I see what God did for me. And therefore, if He did that for me, then it's not me living for myself anymore. It's living for Him and what He's got called and planned for me. And that in itself pushes me forward. God, what do you want to do next? That's what pushes me forward. God, help me overcome this. And that's what pushes me forward. It says the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. He'll lead us and guide us. His Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. His Word is a lamp unto our feet where I am right now. But not for me just to stay here, but to see my surroundings, to get where I am, but also a light unto my path to where I'm going. Because love is compelling you forward. Christianity is not just a one-time saved Stay where you're at, don't ever move, wait till you die, and then go to heaven. Come down to the altar, get saved, and then just coast until you die to make it to heaven. No, that's not what Christianity is. He's constantly making you move and go forward. Get out of the things that you've been stuck in. Jude chapter 1, there's only one chapter. Verses 20 and 21. But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holiest of faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Verse 21. Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Love compels you forward. If you keep yourself in the love of God, looking, I'm looking for the mercies of our Lord unto eternal life. Heaven's the goal. It's where we want to be. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. But I'm not just going to come to church once, get saved, and then go sit at home and wait until I die to go to heaven. No, 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 that's not life. Jesus came to give life and more abundantly. He's pushing us forward to be a better person to get involved, that there are gifts that have been placed in each and every one of us that is needed for the kingdom of God. There is something inside of you that this church needs. There is something inside of you that your family needs. There is something inside of you that this community needs. There is something inside of you that your co-workers need. And you can't produce those gifts if you're just going to internally shut down because it's love that is pushing you forward. To be looking for mercy to be looking for the answer, to be looking for His hand everywhere I go. The Scripture says, pursue love. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, pursue love and desire the gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Pursue love. Look for it everywhere you can. Let love compel you forward. We're now on our second child, and I've had the honor and the privilege to watch both births happen. Apparently, having babies is a little bit uncomfortable, from what I can tell. From my side, it looks and appears like it's a little bit uncomfortable. The first baby that we had was really chaotic. Um, we had to have an emergency C-section. We were uh, at a, a doula's 
house and trying to have the baby there for a couple of hours, and we had to go to the emergency room, and, and it was just chaotic to have the first one. The second one that we had, which is actually kind of crazy, how chaotic the first baby was and how calm he is, how peaceful the second birth was, and how wide open our daughter is. <laughs> She's a blessing. She's a blessing. She's a blessing. God has a plan for her. <laughs> Lord, reveal that plan. During childbirth, there appeared, at least from my perspective, to be some painful moments in my wife's deliveries. From what I could tell. From the yells, from the screams, from the things going on. I'm no Sherlock Holmes, but I put two and two together that there was some pain going on. But we had both children. They're, they're both here. I, I had nothing to do with it. She had both children. They're both here and they're running, well, running, running and doing well. Because moms have this instinct to let love compel them forward. No matter the pain, no matter the frustration, no matter the struggle during pregnancy, love compels the mother and the mother's body to get through that. We're moving forward. I'm laying, I'm not laying there, I'm standing next to her. That'd be crazy if I was laying next to my wife while she's having a baby. I was standing next to her as she's beginning to push. And I'm, I'm trying to encourage her however I can. Do it together. All right, let's get ready to push. Here we go. You can do it. Yay, you can do it. And I feel like my encouragement was very vital to the babies being born. I would like to think that my championship coaching, we're two for two in having kids. We got a pretty good record having successful babies. But the doctor started talking to Maddie and doing cheerleading a lot better than me when she said, I can see the baby. We're on the verge. You've got to keep pushing. The baby's almost there, and all of a sudden, I saw this transition happen in my wife, and I thought, who is this beast of a woman? She is, because she let love compel her forward. She knew that on the other side of that frustration, the other side of that pain, the other side of that discomfort, that there was love, and she was going to overcome and push through that. And the baby came out nice and healthy, and all the pain was gone, and all the love was there. Let love compel you forward today, that you might be, in whatever aspect of your life, feeling like you're in the middle of childbirth, and there's pain, there's discomfort, there's frustration, there's anger, there's disappointment, there's all these things, these emotions, these feelings, and I'm not denying that those aren't true feelings. I'm not denying that those aren't true emotions. I'm not denying that you may or may not have been wronged in that situation, but it's time to move forward. It's not time to stay there anymore. It's time to come out of that and let love heal you, let love restore you, let love birth something new inside of you, let the gifts show up out of you. It's time to let love propel you forward. Don't stay where you are on this Valentine's Day. 
Let love compel and push and move you forward because now is not the time to look inward. Now is the time to look upward. Because looking upward, your, your redemption is drawing near. God is on your side. As I finish, today let love win by doing the following in your life. Let love win by covering your sins. Let love win by connecting you to the winning, conquering team. And let love compel you forward. The last scripture, 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 5. Paul is writing to the church of Thessalonica, his second letter to them. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 5. Now may the Lord direct your hearts. This is my prayer for you all today. May the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. On this Valentine's Day, if you say, I don't feel loved, I don't know what God's love feels like, I'm so inside my head and inside myself, all I can see around me is my sin and my failure and my frustrations. Everywhere I look, I feel like I'm losing constantly. I don't know what's going on. I'm frustrated. I'm sad. I'm this. I'm that. My prayer for you today, and let this prayer be for you going forward. May the Lord direct your heart into the love of God. Because when you reach out, draw near to God, He will draw near to you. When you reach out and ask for the love of God, you receive all of these things. Love covers your sins. Love compels you. And love doesn't separate you. It connects you. Let's stand up today as we get ready to depart. Father, we thank you for each and every person here. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to experience your love today. Father, you know the situations of each and every person here, those watching online, those listening by podcast. And Father, in this moment, let their hearts be directed to your love. In this moment, their heart that is broken, their heart that is hurting, their heart that is struggling, their heart that is questioning, their heart that is wondering, their heart that is wavering, let their heart be directed directly to your love. I thank you that it's your love, your goodness, that leads us to the repentance, to changing our mind and understanding that God is on our side, that God loves us, that God wants us to succeed because of what his son did and the price that his son paid. Father, I ask you to direct their hearts today and into the patience of Christ, that they understand that God is patient. His anger was only for a little bit, but his love and his patience is for a lifetime. Father, I ask you to pour your love out on them. Remind them that you've already covered their sin. You've already overwhelmed it, removed it as far as the east is from the west. You don't even remember it. And when we bring up our sins to you, you don't even know because it says you forget them. You choose to forget and remove our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. Lord, remind us today that we're on the winning team. That greater are you that's in us than anything that can come against us in this world that we are on the team of more than conquerors through those who are in Jesus Christ. That you remind us today that we are connected to you because when we lean into you, when we say yes to you, when we become saved and become sons and daughters, nothing on earth 
in hell or in heaven can separate us from the love of Christ. And finally, Father, help us be compelled forward by love, that we don't stay where we are, we don't keep dealing with the same things that we've been dealing with, but we overcome them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And the word of our testimony is that your love, your love will shine us forward and push us forward and propel us forward. Father, I thank you for your people today. I thank you that they have the mind of Christ. Father, I thank you for those that are here, for those that are watching online, for those in the congregation that aren't healed, that aren't here, that by Jesus' stripes, they are healed. Father, we lift up Frankie and Connie right now, and we speak healing into their bodies. You sent your word, and it healed them of all sickness and disease. And in their house right now, we speak healing into their bodies, from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. In Jesus' name. Heal them and restore them and anyone else who is dealing with sickness. Father, I thank you that everything we put our hands to must prosper. I thank you that everyone here is the head and not the tail. I thank you that everyone here is the salt and light of the earth, the city set on a hill, and they refuse to be hidden. Father, bless your people, protect your people, cause them to prosper in everything they do this week, and bring them back safely. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. Happy Valentine's Day. Be safe driving home, and we'll see you all next week. Take care, family. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.